Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody this morning. Welcome. If you're new to our church, so good to have you with us. My name is Greg Johnson. I serve here as lead pastor, and uh, we're so glad to have you worshiping the Lord with us today. As you're being seated, go ahead and shake a couple of hands. Tell somebody, good to see you today. Tell somebody else, man, you look good today. Those of you who are joining us at uh, Mission Church Online, and you're streaming with us this morning, welcome to the Mission Church. It is good to have you with us today as well. Amen. All right, we're going to take our Bibles, and we're going to go to the book of Acts. While you're doing that, uh, this past Friday night, we had our Ascent Night of Worship. Was anybody here for that? Anybody here Friday night? What an awesome night. I want to say thank you to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris? There he is, Pastor Chris. Thanks for your leadership, putting together an awesome time of glorifying the King of Kings. If you missed it, you missed a, a powerful night. Listen, when you hear about Friday night events where we're going to worship, and there'll be more to come, you need to clear your calendar and get here and encounter the presence of God. Amen. When you encounter the presence of God, it changes everything in your life. Not just your perspective, it will change things in your life. We serve a miracle-working God who responds to prayer, who responds to praise and worship, right? So especially when you're in a difficult season, man, that's when you need to worship the Lord the most, right? Yes? Amen? All right, take your Bibles. We're in Acts chapter 28 today, and uh, today is going to finish up our, our series in the book of Acts, and uh, this is the last chapter in Acts, Acts chapter 28, and today I want to talk to you from the subject of shaking off the viper, shake off the viper, and I want to thank the uh, children's ministry, Pastor Linda, for giving me a viper can always count on that. I came in today and it was sitting there on the table there by the chair. So I got a viper here. So everybody say, shake off the viper. You got to shake it off. All right. So a little background here. As you know, Paul, uh, the apostle, had been arrested in Jerusalem. And uh, now he is a prisoner. He appealed to Rome for a trial. So he's on a ship. We talked about that last week. And uh, on this ship, they're making their way to Rome, and, uh, and while they're on their way, uh, they encounter a storm, uh, uh, a, a terrible storm, powerful storm. The ship takes on water, starts to break apart, and the ship actually sinks. So all of the people who are on the boat, including uh, Paul, they jump into the water, they swim to shore, or they get on boxes or pieces of debris, whatever floats, and they get there to that shore on the island of Malta, and that is where we pick up the story in Acts 28, verse 1. It says, Now when they had escaped the sinking ship, then they found out that the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. 
So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he had just escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. Then verse 5 says, but he shook off the creature into the fire. He shook off the viper into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. The subject today, shake off the viper. (laughs) 276 exhausted, shipwrecked souls Shivering, cold, confused, they crawl out of the sea, and the natives there, the scripture says, showed them unusual kindness. And it must have been such a relief for these, uh, these castaways, for them as they came to shore to see a huge bonfire waiting for them. It had been kindled for them to warm them as they were freezing in the cold and to dry themselves. So they they gathered around here, this fire, this 276 souls. They, they gathered around here, these drenched, defeated, discouraged uh, men, women, around this fire on the beach and, and started to take stock of their situation. And as they're gathered there on the beach around this fire, the narrative shifts to focus on Paul, the apostle. While everyone is sitting there, In the rain, clutching themselves, grasping for warmth, Paul stands up, he steps out of the crowd, and he gets to work. It says that Paul gathered a bundle of sticks. And now this is interesting to me because it shows us something, not only about the character of Paul, but also of a a calling or an expectation that rests on all of us. Not a calling to be an apostle or a pastor or a healing evangelist, but a call to simply gather sticks to serve others. Notice that there was no call from God upon Paul to gather the sticks. There was no commandment from heaven that came upon him to gather sticks for the fire. He just did it. He didn't say, well, I'm an apostle and, you know, this work is below me. This is for somebody else. No, he simply did it. Why? Because it needed to be done. Can I say that again? He simply did it because it needed to be done. The fire needed to be fed. The people needed to be warmed. The temperature in that environment had to be raised Somebody needed to act. And is this not the call that's upon each of us as well? Not to gather sticks, but to simply do what needs to be done in order to serve the people around us. In order to warm up the environment. To be a doer. To be a servant. Even to be a leader. Too many people today 
are gathered around a fire, grasping to warm themselves, waiting for a call from God to gather sticks. And they don't gather any sticks because they haven't heard from God. Think about that for a moment. So they sit idle, doing nothing, because they haven't heard some voice from heaven. And you could even ask them, hey, we need some people to serve in ministry. We need someone in the nursery to help some of the families. Well, I'm, I, I, let me pray about it because I'm going to wait for God to call me. Or we need someone to serve in Royal Rangers to help teach, reach, and keep young boys for Christ. Well, let, me, let me pray about it because I need to hear God call me to do that. We need some ushers to help out on Sunday morning. Well, you know what, if the Holy Spirit moves me, but I, you know, I, need to, I need to hear a call from God. Now, certainly the Holy Spirit will call us to certain tasks, but let's not forget that we all, we all abide under a pre-existing call. What is that call? Jesus said to his disciples, if I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, should you not wash one another's feet also? There needs not be a mandate from heaven. There need not be a call from the Holy Spirit. You don't need to hear a voice that says, the fire's going out, get some sticks. If there's a need, be like the Apostle Paul who simply stood up and said, you know what, somebody has to do something or the fire's going to go out and people are going to freeze. So the fact that there is a need is the evidence that you're being called. Hello? The question is not if I should serve, it's where I should serve, how I should serve. Do I have the means and the resources that are necessary for me to serve? Amen? This was Paul. Paul was a man of action. He was one of those people that just takes initiative. He can't Paul was the kind of guy who just can't sit around and let somebody else go gather sticks. You ever know somebody like that? People that just can't sit around and watch the fire go out, man. If there's a, if there's a need, they're going to be the one who gets up and goes out and th- gets the sticks and throws the sticks on the fire, right? Amen? That's what we're called to be. Don't you love people who love to get things done? Don't you love people who have a work ethic? Don't you love people who can't just sit back? Right? Don't you love people say, well, let somebody else? Don't you love people who are willing to do what other people are not willing to do? Amen? Yes. Amen, Pastor Greg. But here's the thing, because this really isn't a message about serving. Here's the, here's the point of this story. In being a man of action, in being a person who takes initiative, takes responsibility for turning up the heat in the room, meeting the need, getting busy, the Bible says that Paul got bit. While he was serving, here he is, he takes the initiative to get in the ministry, to wash the feet, to serve, to do what needs to be done, right? He gathers up a bundle of sticks, and while he gathers up the bundle of sticks, a viper shoots out of the bundle of sticks that he's gathering, bites Paul, and fastens onto his hand. There's a lesson there for us. That 
when you become a stick gatherer, when you become that one who takes initiative and meets the need, when you become the one who's not content to let the fire go out, and so you're the one who stirs things up and heats up the environment, understand that it often draws out the vipers. Higher levels bring higher devils. The more you do for Christ, the bigger a target you become. Can I say that again? The more you do for Christ, the bigger a target you become. In fact, if you are facing resistance in your life, opposition in your life, conflict in your life, that's often a good sign because it means that you're a threat to the enemy and he's taking notice. And he's trying to bring opposition and resistance to you to discourage you from being a stick gatherer. You're a threat. Your passion. Your influence. The intensity of Christ in you is a danger to him. And so what does he do? He sends out the vipers. Don't think if you become a stick gatherer and you start to collect the bundle of sticks that you're going to be immune from attack. The vipers will come. Tell somebody the vipers will come. The vipers. Now, I don't know what bundle of sticks you may be carrying. I don't know what fire you're trying to kindle. Maybe you're trying to kindle a fire in your marriage or in your children's lives or maybe on the team you serve or maybe at your workplace or maybe in the church or I don't know what fire you're seeing needs to be stirred up and so you're the one who's stirring things up but if fiery listen if fiery if you're stirring up the fire and fiery darts are being shot back at you it means you're, you're making an impact this is the nature of being a doer for God This is the nature of being in ministry. This is the nature of serving and washing feet. Vipers, this is part of it. Hello, somebody. Vipers is just part of it. I remember meeting with a young person who was contemplating call, a call to ministry. They came in, sat down. They were smiling. They were eager. They were enthusiastic. Couldn't wait to go to Bible college, and I said, I'm glad that you're feeling the call. You know, they wanted to get my input on that. I said, I'm glad that you're, you're feeling the call, but understand something. If you say yes to this call, it's not an easy life. Understand what you're saying yes to. You'll probably never be rich. You'll probably not own a lot of properties or start businesses. You'll probably not drive the best cars. You probably won't be famous or, you know, have uh, thousands of followers on uh, social media, you'll probably have a very humble life. You'll struggle, probably struggle financially for a long time. You'll probably end up working multiple jobs to make ends meet. And uh, the smile left that person's face, and they were looking at me like, why are you telling me this? And I told him, I said, it's not my job to talk you into ministry. It's my job to try to talk you out of it. Because if I can talk you out of ministry, then you're not called. But I want to tell you the truth about it. And I told him, I said, you know, preaching is great. And it's, you know, a lot of times young people see preachers, you know, up there preaching and think, man, that's what I want to do. I want to get people stirred up. And I want to see people get saved. And I want to be, you know, a leader. But, you know, preaching is only about 
3 to 5% of ministry. <laughs> the rest of ministry is sitting with people who have vipers hanging off their life. Sitting with people who are sick, people who are dying, comforting those who've lost loved ones, working with couples whose marriages are, are, are struggling, a single mom who's trying to make ends meet for her kids, a wife who just found out her husband has been cheating on her, navigating people through these storms of life. That's mostly what ministry is. And I told the person, I said, you know, you'll often be the first to arrive and you'll be the last to leave. You'll be the one who ends up cleaning when the cleaners don't show up. You'll be the one who's setting up because nobody else wants to set up. And then breaking it all down because no one hung around to help you and then going home to prepare a sermon for the next 15 hours. With long hours, little pay, it's uh, mostly thankless, often painful, and you've got to be willing to do what no one else is willing to do. So by this time, that young person is um, <laughs> really thinking things through. And then I told him, I said, and, and then after all of that, it starts to get hard. Because you will be attacked like no one else is attacked. Not only will you be attacked, your family will be attacked. Your marriage will be, your children, your children will be attacked. If you're going to be like Paul, and you're going to be the stick gatherer, and you're going to be one who stirs up the heat, the vipers will become, will come, and you'll, you'll get bit. Listen, we all get bit, amen? doesn't matter how spiritual you are. doesn't matter how long you've been saved. We all get bit. Fiery darts will come, and sometimes those fiery darts will hit their mark and penetrate us. Sometimes... Paul, the stick gatherer, the vipers will fasten themselves. How many of you have ever had a viper attack their life? Anybody? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Several years ago, um, when our family was younger and um, everybody was home, and you know, my wife and I we were just doing ministry, you know, just serving the church and and preaching the word, and visiting the sick, and, and launching programs, and doing missions, and, and all these things. Um, and God was, God was moving. Spirit of the Lord was moving. In fact, we were just getting ready to head into a revival time. And I uh, remember one Saturday night, our daughter came to us and said, Mom, Dad, I need to talk to you. And uh, we said, sure, what's, what's up? And um, she told us that she had met a young man in another youth group, not in this church, not in this youth group, a young man in another church in another youth group, and she had been seeing this man who was significantly older than her, and through the course of time, uh, she ended up getting pregnant. And so Saturday night, late Saturday night, she dropped this bombshell on us. And it was like a viper 
came out of the bundle of sticks and bit us. Here we are, serving, working, doing what God had called us to do. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. The intensity of the fire is being increased as we're throwing bundles of sticks on it week after week after week. And out from it all comes a viper with its fangs pierced into our heart and took hold of us. And for really, for the first time in my life, I started to feel that venom coursing through my being. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been there. Maybe not in that specific situation, but you know what it means to have a viper come out of nowhere. The anger, the resentment, can I say even the hatred? Not at my daughter, but at the man and even the, the family who helped to enable and facilitate this. Wanted to get in my car and go find somebody. Make them disappear. You could see what it was doing to my wife. As you start to grieve the loss of dreams and a future that you see or saw, and it's like venom has just taken hold, and it just starts to affect how you see, how you perceive, how you process, right? Anybody know? Right? But here's the thing. We serve such a good God, Amen. I'll tell you, I don't know how people make it through those seasons without the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how they do it. Some of them don't do it. Some of them, they turn to the bottle, they turn to drugs. Marriages end up in divorce. Families estranged. All kinds of horrible choices, things, actions, reactions. But what a good God we serve. Because I, I knew that while I was feeling the rage and the anger and the disappointment and the grief, the Holy Spirit was there. To let me know what you're feeling is not my will for you. That's not where I want you to be. I want to bring you, this is what the Holy Spirit was showing me, I want to bring you out of that. Yeah, you've been bit, and yeah, the venom is real, but my grace is sufficient in your weakness. And my grace can heal the toxin that's now in your spirit. And I remember being at a, I, I remember being in, I would go before the Lord and just weep. Just weep. I mean, just broken before God. Just weeping. You know. And through the tears, just saying, Lord, through it all, God, I want to be righteous, God. I want to be righteous. I want to get through this and look back and say that in that season, I was righteous, and I honored God. And so my wife and I, we would come together, and we would pray and talk, and that would be our prayer. Our prayer would just be, God, help us to stay righteous. You know what righteousness means? It means right choosing, righteous, right choices. We wanted to make right 
choices. God, help us to be righteous in all of our decisions and in all of our all of our all of our choose all of our choices, right? So here's the thing. We're all gonna get bit. You're gonna get bit. Come on, tell somebody, you're gonna get bit. If you haven't been bit yet, I don't mean to prophesy negative into your life, but I do mean to prepare you for life. And we live in a world where there are vipers, amen? <laughs> right? You're going to get bit. We're all going, or maybe you have been bit. But here's the thing. Even though you've been bit, you don't have to let it fasten to your hand. It doesn't have to stay fastened to your life. And you can always tell when someone has a viper hanging off of their life because they always turn a dark shade of bitter. King Saul turned bitter when he heard how the the, the women of Israel sang the praises of David after he killed Goliath. And they said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his 10,000, right? And Saul was offended by that, that they would love David more than him. And so he turned into a king who threw spears at the people around him. He became a spear-throwing authority. Haman turned bitter when he didn't get the respect and the honor that he felt Mordecai should have given him. So he tried to kill Mordecai and all of the Jews. Job's wife turned bitter when they lost their home and their family, their children, their business. We see story after story of people in the Word that have been bitten by the viper and allowed the viper to stay fastened to their hand and they turned a dark shade of bitter. But I thank God for the example of Job. Amen? I go back to that story so often. I really do. Because even though Job had been bit, and he was bit, he'd been bit, he did not allow that viper to take hold of him. He did not allow the venom to fester in his being. Even when he lost his business, he lost his home, he lost his children, he lost his his own health. His own health, right? Still, he said, naked I came into this world. Naked I shall return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Falls to the ground, lift up his hands, and worships the Lord. Vipers will attack. Vipers will bite. They'll try to attach themselves to you. But don't let the viper fasten to your hand. Amen? So what do you do? How do you do it? Verse 5 says, he shook it off. (laughs) He shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Everybody say, shake it off. Shake it off. off. What does that mean, to shake it off? A couple things. First of all, it means you don't hold on to the viper. Okay? You don't keep it as a pet. (laughs) I never understood people who like to keep pythons as pets. You don't nurse it. You don't care for it. You don't feed it. You don't protect it. You don't allow it to grow. You don't give yourself an exemption from being healthy and forgiving. No, don't hold on to the viper. Shake it off. Come on, say it again. Shake it off. Some people are holding on to offenses. They're nursing and feeding those offenses. They're nursing their losses, their disappointments, right? 
And they're, they're holding on to that offense and they're allowing it to become such a force in their life that it has actually redefined their very lives. They're still a victim of something that has happened to them in their past. That's what a victim is. A victim is someone who is still held under the power of some tragedy or trauma that occurred in their past. Don't be a victim. Don't allow your hardship to define you. Instead, allow your life to be defined by how you overcame your hardship. Be an overcomer, amen? This is why so many people are so, so easily angered and enraged. So many people that have so much anger in them. You say something to them or their child does something and they, they react with an outburst of wrath. And here's the thing. They're not reacting to you or they're not reacting to what that child did. They're actually still reacting to what someone else did to them long ago in their life because they're still a victim to that trauma. And everything that happens to them now, they're processing through this broken lens of hurt and anger and resentment that they haven't been delivered from. You gotta shake it off. You gotta let stop nursing, stop rehearsing it, stop giving it power to you and start taking power over it. Shake it off. What does that mean? That means that you do not allow the viper to fasten to your hand. Some people are walking around with that viper hanging off of their life. They take it with them everywhere they go. Everywhere they go, to the workplace, to their ministry to their marriage, to new relationships, whatever. There's a viper. They're known, with, they're known as the guy with a viper on his hand. Don't be known as the guy with a viper on his hand. No one wants to be around them. No one wants them on their team. They're the complainer. They're the gossiper. They're the pessimist. They're always injecting negativity. They're the wet blanket that always has a sad story to tell. They're the people that when they have a bad day, they want to make sure that everyone else around them is also having a bad day. Misery loves what? Amen. Miserable people are only happy when everyone else around them are also miserable. Right? It's why the husband is always screaming at his wife or the wife is always screaming at the husband because they're miserable in their own heart and the only thing that they can do is project that misery outwardly. In fact, they're more comfortable in a miserable, violent, angry environment. They grew up in anger, they're comfortable with anger, and they, when they get into a peaceful, life-giving situation, they're uncomfortable with it. They don't know how to function in that situation. And so what do they do? They lash out against it and they turn it toxic because they're toxic inside and they're only happy when they're in a toxic environment. They're the guy with the viper hanging on their hand. Shake it off. What does it mean? It means you throw the viper into the fire. What fire? What are you talking about fire? In Scripture, fire is a metaphor for the presence of God. Our God is a consuming fire. Amen? It means press into God and into His Word. That's the fire right there. You want to throw the viper into the fire? Press in to the Word of God, and you're going to encounter the fire. It means stay close to people who are going to speak truth into your life. People who have fire in their lives, who have the Holy Spirit in their lives, are going to bring that fire to you. We all need people around us who are going to bring the heat upon us. Amen? Amen? Come on. Right? 
Don't just seek out other people who have vipers hang. That's the thing about people with vipers hanging off their hand. They're always looking for other people with those vipers. Right? <laughs> it's like a company of, of viper carriers. It means get to church and stay connected to the body. Bring that viper right into your praise. Come on. Bring, build an environment where the viper can't survive because there's too much fire burning. Start, build an altar and start putting the fire of praise and worship under it. Hallelujah. Don't let the viper steal your worship. Don't let the viper steal your praise. The only way you're going to get free is you start praising God when you don't feel like praising God. Start worshiping God when you don't feel like you have a reason to worship God. Because I'm telling you, you got a reason. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It means forgiveness, kindness, and love to those who threw those vipers into your life. Amen? Right? Romans 12, Paul says, we don't uh, treat others who hurt us with wrath, right? We heap coals of fire upon their head through forgiveness and kindness and love. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is a weapon. Did you know that? Hallelujah. The vipers can't stand forgiveness. Right? Forgiveness is a has a neutralizing effect on the viper's venom. Amen. For some of us, you might need more than worship and praise. You might need more than the Word. You need those things, but you may need some counseling. You may need some therapy. You may need to go to soul care. Or you may need to go to grief share. Or you may need to see a counselor. There are others who've dealt with vipers and, and who have learned how to shake them off. And these are the people that can help us shake off our vipers. Amen? Which shows us another important truth, and I'm going to close with this. When you make the commitment to shake it off, God can take what the viper meant for evil and use it for good. Isn't that awesome? Verse 5 says, He shook the creature off into the fire. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. People are watching us. Right? Amen? And sometimes God allows vipers to come into our lives just so he can show, showcase his grace in our lives. Just so that he can show that we are people who trust in his Savior who makes us into overcomers. Amen? They thought he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they looked for a long time, you imagine these, these natives are just like, I bet he's got about five minutes. Just watch. He's going to start. You just imagine they're just sitting there watching for this guy to just get all swollen, you know, and start gagging. But after they looked for a long time and saw no harm, he had been bitten by a viper, but no harm came to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a god. Of course, Paul wasn't a god. What they saw was God in Paul. They didn't fully understand it, you know. They thought that he was divine. He wasn't divine, but he had divinity in him through the power of the Holy Spirit. As you read further, this viper, his overcoming this viper, opened a door of ministry for Paul on that island. 
He preached the gospel. Verse 9 says that, that doors opened to him and that the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. Hallelujah. Paul, cured from the venom of the viper, became a means of curing others from the venom of their vipers. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. As a Christ follower, people will watch you, especially when the viper bites. They need to see, the world needs to see us shake it off into the fire. And when you do that, see how God uses you. How God takes what the viper meant for evil and uses it for good. Amen? Now listen, you're here. Let me have the worship team join me up here. You, you may have been hurt. You may have been broken. But understand, this is what God does. He takes our brokenness and our pain and our hurt, and he uses it as a bridge. A bridge into other people's brokenness. Your brokenness is a bridge into someone else's pain. After we navigated that situation with, with our daughter, it was amazing. About two weeks later, I got a phone call from a pastor who was in our, look, in our, in our area. And he said to me, you know, I just found, we just found out last night that our daughter, teenage daughter, pregnant. He said, I don't know what to do. Throw her out of the house. Do I forgive her? Do I, what do I do? And you know what I was able to tell him? I was able to tell him, you know what, brother? I just had that same viper on my hand. That same exact viper was hanging off of my hand. But you know, God is able. Hallelujah. He's able to shake that viper off your life and throw it in the fire. I told him, love your daughter. Love her. Let her know that you're there for her. Let her know that you'll, you'll, never, you'll never forsake her. Let her know that she's safe. And uh, that's what we did with our daughter. We loved her through it. Stood with her. She ended up getting, getting married. And, uh, and now we have... Uh, grandson who we love who we love hallelujah amen what an amazing god we serve what an amazing god that we serve i was in cuba i preached a message this message and uh, there was a, a woman there all pastors that were there in this meeting there was a mother there she had lost a child and you know that while while i was preaching this, just like you're listening to this message right now, she began to write a song. She wrote a song. And the song was called Beware the Viper. I don't know how that translates. Beware the Viper. And, and she sung it. As I was bringing, she, she just started, as I was doing the altar call, she just started singing the song. And I said, what's going on over there? And, and the brother, my translator, he told me, he said, she just wrote a song called Beware the Viper, and she's singing it now. Hallelujah. God can take the vipers in our life and turn them around and use them for his good purposes. I was in Canada. I was preaching to uh, a group of pastors there, told our story. At the end of the service, a pastoral couple came up to me, said, you don't know how God has been speaking to us through that word. Our, our son just informed us that he is uh, going to pursue a homosexual lifestyle. We just don't know. We just don't know what to do. And uh, we feel like the Lord is 
speaking to us now about how to navigate this in our lives. Hallelujah. We never know why God's allowing these things to happen to us. But we do know we serve a good God whose grace is sufficient, who brings us through. As long as we shake it off, we've got to shake it off into the fire and let God work His purposes in our lives. Let's stand together. So, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we want to thank you, God. Lord, not for the vipers, Lord. We don't thank you for the vipers, but, Lord, we thank you that you're with us when the vipers come. That, Lord, you never leave us, Lord God, and you're a very present help in our times of trouble. And you bring the grace, and you bring the mercy, and you bring the healing that is needed in our lives, Lord God. Lord, I believe there are some here right now that are, sh- that are dealing with a viper. It's come, out of the, it's come out of the sticks and it's, it's latched onto their hands. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to come against every assignment of the enemy upon our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I just assert the authority of the cross and the name of Jesus. And I come against every lie of the devil and rebuke it. And I command that the enemy would lose his grip on people's lives right now. And Lord, I pray that your grace would break through. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and bring healing and bring health and bring life, bring mercy, bring grace in Jesus' name. Come on, if you feel like the enemy has been just launching attack after attack on your life, on your children, on your marriage, on your final, whatever it is, the viper has been coming. Just slip up a hand and say, yeah, Lord. Yes, Lord, God, the vipers have been attacking, but God, I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to let it hang onto my life, Lord. I'm going to shake it off. Come on, lift up that other hand, and Lord, I'm going to shake it off in the name of Jesus. I want to shake it off in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to build that fire in my life, Lord, so that the viper cannot survive the heat in my life through your word, through worship, through prayer, through praise, through your goodness, through your grace, through your mercy. Lord, I'm seeking you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up both hands right now. Just in an upward expression of surrender to the Lord. Lord, your grace is what I need. Come on, cry out to God. Lord, your grace is what I need, Lord God. Your mercy is what I need in my life, Lord God. Help us, Lord, today. Help us, Lord, today. Help us, Lord God, today. We give you thanks, Lord. You are good, Lord God. Father, I want to pray for those that need to be released 
some of our families that need to get their kids, Lord, and we pray, God, that as we go from this place, Lord, your grace would sustain us, give us discernment to recognize that these feelings of anger and resentment and even hatred, it's just the venom of the viper. Help us to recognize it for the enemy that it is, that, Lord, we would shake it off and seek your grace and build the fire in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to go, parents, you need to get your kids, you can be dismissed to go ahead and do that. I want to open the altars, though, because I know that some of us, we're, we're dealing with some vipers in our lives, and we have some people that want to pray with you, to stand with you, and just to say, in the name of Jesus, we just rebuke the vipers. So you come on up here, get some prayer. We got people up here that want to pray with you and, and pray for you. If you want to just linger in your seat and just worship, you're welcome. You're welcome to do that as well. Let's seek the Lord here this morning.